I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Live from America's finest city, it's the John Cantera Show. doctor! Now, here's the coach, John Cantera, on 97.3 The Fan. Wow, hour number three. <laughs> I got a I can't believe we're into hour number three already. Well, I'm flying. It always does. I can't believe it's two. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. I want to thank everyone out there uh, joining us on the program. We have a lot of fun each and every day talking sports. Uh, not a lot of uh, uh, you know goofball type stuff. Uh, we do have a, a few segments that I really enjoy: the coach's corner and the bench, the coach, and uh, we'll get you to hang a starter a play of the day. But uh, it's a sports talk show. And uh, like Will said earlier, man, Coach, you got a lot of people that really know sports that listen to your program. And uh, I do because uh, there are a lot of great people out there that love sports and are passionate about sports. And uh, we love to uh, try to bring you as much information as we possibly can. I want to throw out the phone number. I want to get to phone calls this half hour. Coming up at 2.35, um, we're going to be joined by Scott Miller. And Scott Miller wrote a really cool article. And I really enjoyed reading it last night on Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, this kid's like too good to be true. Th- this kid is too good to be true on the field, off the field. Uh, you know, he-, he talks to his mom all the time and to his father. His dad, actually, Fernando Tati Sr., uh, was his winter ball manager when they won that uh, a winter ball title. And he comes from a, a, a town in the Dominican Republic called San Pedro de Macariz. And I would like, I wish somebody could do some research for me. How many great major league shortstops have come from San Pedro de Macariz? And this is just another long line of major league shortstops. And this kid is so special. And he talked about it. I'm going to bring this up with Scott a little bit. Uh, he talked about it in the article. If he wasn't a baseball player, he'd probably be a volleyball player or uh, a basketball player. And you go back to that play he made uh, middle of the game last night, that ball was just rocketed over his head, and he got up over uh, 10 feet. I mean, he could have gone in and, and dunked on somebody last night uh, with that. L- let's hear the call of that, because that ball was absolutely scalded last night. 2-2. Line to tease up for the backhand. He's got it. Perfectly timely. You got some hops on, among any other thing I can mention and think of. Oh, that's beautiful. Great call by Uncle Teddy on that one. Uh, this kid's amazing. He, he's amazing because every night you go to the ballpark, they always say, oh, this guy is the price of admission. You know what? This kid is. He really is. I mean, to watch this kid play, you're, you're watching the start of a brilliant major league career, God forbid, any type of injury. I mean, whether he does it defensively, offensively, he didn't have a great night last night. He struck out three times. He was 0 for last night. Didn't have a good night, and that's going to happen. But watching this kid lead off, steal a base, go from first to third, trying to tag up on a fly ball to second base, we've seen that done this year. The kid is amazing, and he's a member of the San Diego Padres. That that is so cool. Hey, I want to get to the Aztecs here uh, for a minute. 
I was reading this morning uh, in the paper, and that's the first thing I do. I, I come down the stairs. I, I've been sleeping in a little bit lately because these games are going so uh, so long, and I want to get my rest, and I got the high school football show starting on uh, Thursday night, so I get a day-night doubleheader for you know umpteen Thursdays now, which would be great. I mean, I, I, I'd be mad if I was sitting at home and not being able to talk about high school sports. And then Braden and I are going to do football games on Friday night for about 14 weeks. So, you know, I'm trying to rest up. And, you know, I'm going to a press conference tomorrow. We're off tomorrow, but I'm going to go to the San Diego Strike Force press conference uh, down at the USAS Midway, and we'll get you some information on that uh, Thursday on the program. But uh, I come down the stairs every morning. My wife's a doll. She has coffee made for me. And I sit down. I grab the old uh, Union Tribune, and I go from page one to the final page. And today on page three, it talked about, and Kirk Kenny's a good guy who's been uh, writing a long time here. He, he covers the Aztecs for the Union Tribune. And he's talking about how the opener, which I'm thinking about going to, actually, on August 31st, it's a 6 o'clock kickoff. I really don't want to go to a, a 7.30 kickoff game uh, on a Saturday night these days because I want to be ready to go to church on Sunday and all that. And I'm sure there are a lot of other people out there uh, that are probably uh, with me on that. Uh, but they got a 6 o'clock game. They're playing Weber State. And, you know, I'm thinking about getting a pass, going to the game, and uh, supporting the Aztecs. And then today, Kirk Kenny writes that that game is going to be on Facebook. And we're starting to see things. I mean, Major League Baseball is going on Facebook now. Uh, you're seeing uh, Major League Baseball go on YouTube. Uh, and, you know, I get mad because sometimes the games that I want to watch are on YouTube. And I can't watch them because uh, YouTube has an exclusive to Major League Baseball for that game, that certain game. But I get all the other games. But, you know, I don't think this is a bad thing. And, and I'll tell you why. A couple of reasons. Number one, uh, the Mountain West Conference does not have a great TV contract. They're with the CBS Sports Network. The broadcasters are great. It's just it's not seen in enough of homes. And the Aztec games are played at 7.30 at night. So, you know, you got the same old problem you've had for years here in San Diego when the Aztecs want to play night games. People in other parts of the country aren't going to be able to see them. But with this Facebook, I mean, I could be in uh, uh, Omaha, Nebraska, and I could still watch the Aztecs on Facebook where if they're on the CBS Sports Network, I may not get that. Or if they're on a local channel, I may not get that. If they're on Facebook, I can go anywhere and get that as long as I, I'm a, a Facebook uh, uh, participant. So they've got that game, and then they've got a game uh, coming up in October on the 19th against San Jose State. And I, I like Rocky Long. Rocky Long's the best. we got to get Rocky on the, the show. We haven't pushed him because uh, he's trying to get these guys ready for the football season. Uh, but Rocky Long's uh, comment to Kirk Kenny, uh, uh, more traditional viewing habits nowadays. And he goes uh, for basically what he was saying. Old guys are going to be upset about this. But at the end of the day, uh, it, it's the way the world's going. And I think, Will, you talk about it. We talk about Twitter all the time and Facebook and Instagram, uh, all that. I have no problem with this. The more the merrier. The Aztecs need to continue to push their program. The Aztecs have gone to bowl games nine consecutive years. Nine consecutive years. And last year was not a great team. I mean, the defense wasn't good. The offense, uh, Jawan Washington went down. You, you couldn't throw the ball. Now they're going to a little bit more of a spread. Uh, hopefully Ryan Agnew can take that next step as a quarterback this year. Uh, but, you know, I look at their schedule. 
and uh, uh, Chris Ello came in today, and he had a big smile on his face. Did you see the smile he had on his face when he walked in with that Aztec media guide for me? Yeah, he was stoked. He, he knew that I would just, it was like Christmas Day getting this Aztec It looks like media a new guide. textbook. It, it is. It's awesome. And uh, if I hit somebody with it, I'd probably give them a concussion. But uh, they got uh, a bunch of the guys on the cover. Of course, Juwan Washington and uh, Tariq Thompson. And uh, they got a total of five players on the cover. But then you go over to the back cover, and you start looking at the schedule. And, uh, you know, I think the Aztecs right now, and I don't know how good UCLA is. This may be a year that San Diego State can beat UCLA. But they've got Weber State opening up here at Qualcomm Stadium or at SDCCU Stadium on August 31st at 6 o'clock. The following week, and again, we've been giving away tickets uh, for this. Uh, last week we gave away tickets for the San Diego State-UCLA football game at the Rose Bowl. That's going to be a one fifteen game. That's great. We'll be able to see that uh, if things go well. Who knows? Maybe we'll even go up to that ball game. And then they uh, go down to um, Las Cruces, New Mexico, September 14th. Uh, and that's a ball game they should win. So, I mean, I think the average person looking at this schedule would say, oh, the Aztecs are going to start out 2-1. and one. They'll get beat by UCLA. B.S. They can beat UCLA. I think they, they could start 3-0. and they, they can. And I know Chip Kelly's team is going to be better, and they've got to figure out what they're doing on defense and who their quarterback is and all that up there at UCLA. But you know what? The Bruins are not the typical Bruins. I mean, they were 3-9 and nine last year. And they're trying to, you know, put things together and build that program. This is already, I think, a second year for Chip Kelly. It's kind of a big year to see at least some progress. So they're, they're going to be ready to go. But this is a great opportunity for San Diego State to really get some national recognition. You're playing an afternoon game at the Rose Bowl. Uh, the game, I think, will be on the Pac-12 network. But if you beat UCLA, that's going to go all over the country. And it's going to be early in the day to where all the 5 o'clock uh, news stations uh, in San Diego uh, are going to be able to play it all day long. Hey, Aztecs upset UCLA. That's a winnable game. But you got to take care of business. you got to come out against Weber State on August 31st. you got to come out, and you got to pop in the mouth and make it a no contest right from the get-go. Give them the check for showing up. Thank you very much for being a lamb chop in the first game. But we're going to have a hell of a year. We're going to go back and win 10 or 11 games again this year and get to another bowl game. Aztecs got to get back at it. They lost a little luster last year. And the thing that I, I have a hard time, and maybe maybe there's one Aztec fan out there that will call me today, just one. I just need one. Why do people really not buy into Aztec football? And I, by looking at attendance, I'm not sure people are buying into Aztec basketball any longer. Okay? I mean, the, the attendance, I saw that article in the paper a couple of weeks ago, football attendance for a program that wins football games down. Basketball, what, last year 6,900? Wasn't that the uh, the attendance, 6,900? I, I believe that's what Mark Ziegler reported in the, yeah. in the UT. Yeah, he's not going to report something that isn't true. I mean, it was a lot easier to get tickets last year uh, to uh, Viejas Arena. But I want to hear from an Aztec fan. Number one, what do you think about your football team? Are you passionate about your football team? Our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. But to put it to bed, I'm okay with the Aztecs being on Facebook because wherever I'm at, 
I don't have to be next to a TV. I'm okay with that for a couple of games this year against Weber State and against San Jose State. Coach John Katerra, we're going to 3 o'clock in the Gwen and Chris program today right here on 97.3 The Fan, 31st at 6 o'clock. The following week, and again, we've been giving away tickets uh, for this. Uh, last week we gave away tickets for the San Diego State-UCLA football game at the Rose Bowl. That's going to be a one fifteen game. That's great. We'll be able to see that uh, if things go well. Who knows? Maybe we'll even go up to that ball game. And then they uh, go down to um, Las Cruces, New Mexico, September 14th. Uh, and that's a ball game they should win. So, I mean, I think the average person looking at this schedule would say, oh, the Aztecs are going to start out 2-1. and one. They'll get beat by UCLA. B.S. They can beat UCLA. I think they, they could start 3-0. and they, they can and I know Chip Kelly's team is going to be better, and they've got to figure out what they're doing on defense and who their quarterback is and all that up there at UCLA. But you know what? The Bruins are not the typical Bruins. I mean, they were 3-9 and nine last year. And they're trying to, you know, put things together and build that program. This is already, I think, a second year for Chip Kelly. It's kind of a big year to see at least some progress. So they're, they're going to be ready to go. But this is a great opportunity for San Diego State to really get some national recognition. You're playing an afternoon game at the Rose Bowl. Uh, The game, I think, will be on the Pac-12 network. But if you beat UCLA, that's going to go all over the country. And it's going to be early in the day to where all the 5 o'clock news stations uh, in San Diego uh, are going to be able to play it all day long. Hey, Aztecs upset UCLA. That's a winnable game. But you got to take care of business. You got to come out against Weber State on August 31st. You got to come out and you got to pop in the mouth and make it a no contest right from the get go. Give them the check for showing up. Thank you very much for being a lamb chop in the first game. But we're going to have a hell of a year. We're going to go back and win 10 or 11 games again this year and get to another bowl game. Aztecs got to get back at it. They lost a little luster last year. And the thing that I, I have a hard time, and maybe. Maybe there's one Aztec fan out there that'll call me today. Just one. I just need one. Why do people really not buy into Aztec football? And by looking at attendance, I'm not sure people are buying into Aztec basketball any longer. Okay? I mean, the the attendance. I saw that article in the paper a couple of weeks ago. Football attendance for a program that wins football games down. Basketball. What, last year, 6,900? Wasn't that the uh, the attendance, 6,900? I believe that's what Mark Ziegler reported in the, yeah. in the UT. Yeah, he's not going to report something that isn't true. I mean, it was a lot easier to get tickets last year uh, to uh, Viejas Arena. But I want to hear from an Aztec fan. Number one, what do you think about your football team? Are you passionate about your football team? Our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. But to put it to bed, I'm okay with the Aztecs being on Facebook, because wherever I'm at, I don't have to be next to a TV. I'm okay with that for a couple of games this year against Weber State and against San Jose State. Coach John Katerra, we're going to 3 o'clock in the Gwen and Chris program today, right here on 97.3 The Fan. Twenty the time on a Tuesday. Looking forward to going to the ballpark tonight. If you see me walking around, uh, stop by and say hello. I always enjoy uh, visiting with you folks that uh, tune in 
each and every day to my program. Also, I want to remind you, uh, we have a bonus Biggest Fan Las Vegas trip coming up uh, in August. Uh, You can go to 973thefansd.com and go to our contest page to sign up to win a trip to Caesars Palace to see uh, Keith Urban in September. We're going to be giving away that uh, in August. Uh, Sign up right now. Uh, with our uh, contact, uh, our contest page at 973thefansd.com. You're not going to go to a, a radio station uh, and tune in and have a better gifts. We've been giving away Boston Red Sox tickets, which is ridiculous. So defending world champs, even though they're having a tough campaign. Uh, Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, uh, some great players coming to Petco Park here uh, shortly and uh, giving away Dodger tickets. So uh, uh, good stuff. Uh, make sure you tune in uh, to all the programs uh, because we all have uh, great uh, giveaways. Uh, still looking for that Aztec fan out there. Well, uh, you went to San Diego State. Well, what's the attitude out on that campus about uh, football and basketball? I think with football, they're trying to rebound. As you said, there was a lot of injuries last year, a lot of turnover, a lot of young guys. This time around, I'm excited about the spread attack, honestly. And I honestly feel that whether it's Agnew or that Brookshire guy that transferred from Northern California, that's going to open up so many lanes. Because we've seen already how you know dominant Juwan Washington is. I'm excited for it. I just, you know, the the eye formation, it was cool. And it was it was cool to watch, but it, it became a snooze fest after a while because the yeah. Aztecs were a lot better than the teams they were playing in the Mountain West Conference, and it became a snooze fest. Uh, in San Diego, we we were all spoiled by Sid Gilman with the early Chargers and with the early uh, Don Coriel years before it went on to Claude Gilbert, and then it became a, a complete, utter disaster for many, many years, that football program, where it wasn't really ve- relevant. And they, they actually talked about getting away uh, from uh, football once upon a time. Uh, but now you, you can't only win now. You've got to win with style points, especially here in San Diego. And then going to that, I, they should take care of Weber State. If they don't, then we might have some problems. But going against a big team like UCLA, I get it that they might have had a bad year last year. But, look, those guys are some of the best athletes in the country. And I think spreading them out, that should be really, really interesting to see how, you know, Jeff Horton, their OC, can dial in these plays and utilize these athletes, get them to their most potential and see what they can do on the field and the rest is, they, they should take care of business. Well, I, I think they uh, should take care of business. Hey, well, real quick, because I know you were a student out there just a couple of years ago uh, at San Diego State, and you got your degree from San Diego State. Uh, what's the story on basketball? Why is the attendance drop? Because don't they give free tickets to the students? Yeah, they do. And they used to give out physical copies, but now they email it to you. Those are the ones that Coach Fisher used to walk around and hand out to beg people to come when he first took that job. Yeah. And when Kawhi was here, that's when they were just dominant. And I get it. They kind of a little tapered off. But the Mountain West Conference, it struggled as a whole. Right. That's, the, a, that's a fair point, Will. But the difference now is you get them on an, in your student email. And it's not like before where, you know, sometimes you got to study. Sometimes you're out of town. You could say, hey, like, I have some extra tickets. Go check it out. Now it's on your phone. You can't distribute it. And I think that with the, you know, with SDSU basketball kind of stepping, taking a step back. Because when I was first there, people would line up. I mean, what, 12, 13 hours before the ticket office opened? Now it's not really the same. 
Well, uh, hopefully uh, going forward, they'll, they'll figure that out. They'll pack that arena. They'll have a nationally uh, a ranked basketball program. But, you know, football, boy, there have been some nights where I've gone out to Aztec football games, and even in the press box. I mean, you, you could, uh, you know, uh, drop a bomb in there, and you wouldn't hit anybody. Because the media really doesn't buy into Aztec football. I mean, we, we put a, a guy on here and there, and, you know, we put more on. You know, if Mike May out there at San Diego State wants to give us a call and, hey, coach, can you put this guy on or that guy on? Hey, we're more than happy to. And we love to talk about our home teams. I mean, whether it be uh, uh, football or the baseball with the Padres or the strike force and indoor football, the soccers, the golfs, we want to have all these athletes on and, and because you're going out to watch them. I mean, when you have like 10,000 people to go to uh, uh, basically a triple-A uh, hockey game, people in town care. And the Gulls have a great following. And come hockey season, we'll put some players on. And by the way, i got to tell you, in all the years that I've done sports talk radio, I don't know if I've ever uh, interviewed a hockey player that wasn't a great guy. Hockey players are fantastic interviews, and we'll do more of that uh, now that I'm on uh, 12 to 3. I want to get back to your phone calls. Our phone number, 833-288-0973, 888 0973. Uh, coming up after the bottom of the hour, Scott Miller uh, going to join me. I wrote a great article. I, I talked a little bit about it earlier uh, regarding uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. And, you know, uh, I'm a little frustrated here. And, and I'll talk with Scott because Scott carries a lot of weight around baseball. Guys like uh, him and Bob Nightingale, they're great guys. They're well-respected. Uh, they know they've been doing it a long time, and, and they go to the East Coast, to the West Coast, and the Midwest. And I know Scotty, his uh, uh, job now, he's, he's more in the Western region. And once upon a time, he was going to the East Coast for Boston, New York. And, you know, occasionally he'll do that now, and he'll go to the World Series and all the postseason play. But, man, I'm having a hard time buying that Fernando Tatis Jr. missed five weeks. I get that. But the impact that this kid has had not just with his organization. He's been an unbelievable impact with his organization. But the impact he's had on baseball and which, in which way he goes about it, he has so much fun. And it's kind of like Trout. You look at Mike Trout. You never see Mike Trout with a, a, a frown on his face. No matter how bad it goes, he could go 0 for 4 and strike out three times or the Angels could lose five in a row. Trout comes out the next day and he's ready to go. And that's the way Fernando Tatis Jr. is. You, you can tell he loves the game, and he's only going to get better at the game. But And I realize Pete Alonso may end up with 45 or 46 or 4. Who knows? Maybe he gets hot and he hits 50 homers. It'd be hard to not give the man his due. But what does Pete Alonso do other than be a slugger and hit 260 than Fernando Tatis doesn't do? I mean, Tatis got 22 homers, and he missed five weeks. He's going to end up with more hits than Alonzo. He's going to end up with probably more runs scored. He may end up with even a higher uh, a slugging percentage, believe it or not, and what he does defensively. Now, I know since the All-Star break, he'd made a few more errors, and maybe you know that's him trying to do a little bit too much, and it may be also getting a little fatigued from time to time, but I also think that you know his judgment will get better going forward and he'll be fine. And some of those errors that he made this year will disappear next year. But this kid is so good and wants to make every play a highlight reel. 
I'm looking forward to visiting with Scott Miller because uh, we'll get a little more in-depth on uh, more about Fernando Tatis Jr. and what he is uh, maybe away from the baseball field coming up here in just a few minutes. Ed in Mira Mesa, welcome to 97.3 The Fan. Ed, how are you today? Good. How's it going? Thanks for having me on, Coach. Hey, thanks for making the call. What's what's on your docket? Uh, I was just uh, talk, thinking about, um, you know, the Padres season, what's left, what's what's left hoping to root for, and I'm rooting for Fernando Tatis Jr. to win that Rookie of the Year. Um, he's kind of given the, the, the fans something to still cheer for, even though we're out of the, the playoff picture, but it would be super awesome for him to win that award. Also, Kirby Eats to win that Hoffman Reliever of the Year award, but I'm really pulling for for Tatis. I think he's better than Alonzo, and it's, it, you know, I know it's close, but I think the five tools over the one tool makes him the, I feel, the better player, all-around player, and that he should win, and that's what I'm still watching for and hoping for and kind of giving us something to, to cheer for still, even though we're out of it. Well, Ed, uh, here's the deal. I mean, uh, Alonzo's two things really going for him. Number one, he's in the number one media market in the world, in New York. And number two, people now are so uh, uh, excitable about uh, the long ball. And that's what he is. He's an old-school slugger. And he goes up there and hits the ball 450 feet. Uh, you know, he hits about 260, uh, plays inadequate, not uh, great, but an adequate first base. And then you look at Tatis. I mean, the guy's an acrobatic shortstop. He runs the bases uh, as good as anybody you'll see. Yeah, he runs into an out here and there. But, you know, good base runners every once in a while take a chance and, and they'll get burned. But, man, I'll tell you what, I'd much rather uh, watch a Tatis all-around game on a nightly basis year in and year out than I would just waiting for Pete Alonso to come up four times a night yeah no and it it makes uh watching the Padres uh still exciting something still to still cheer for even though we're kind of out of it um kind of gives me something to root for him and Kirby to well you're gonna have something to root for tonight at seven ten. we got Eric Lauer trying to stymie the Tampa Bay uh, Rays uh enforce that big rubber game tomorrow afternoon at twelve forty. hey Ed you have a great day thanks as always for the phone call Thank you, Coach. You have a great day, too. There you go, Big uh, Ed in Mira Mesa. That opens up a line at 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Final half hour, we got Scott Miller coming up from Bleacher Report. We'll uh, find out more about Fernando Tatis Jr., and uh, we'll also get to the Hang of Star play of the day. And if the boys have it together today, we'll have a crossover from Petco Park with Gwen and Chris. Coach John Cantera, thanks for joining me today right here on 97.3 The Fan. Two thirty-six. The time on ninety-seven-three. The fan. We'll give you the hang of star uh, play of the day here uh, shortly. We're also going to be joined by uh, Scott Miller from uh, Bleacher Report, uh, talking about uh, the article he wrote yesterday regarding Fernando Tatis Jr. And uh, just a reminder, I'll be off tomorrow. Not really off. I'm going to go cover a press conference. Uh, the Strike Force is going to do some rebranding. It's going to be on the USS Midway tomorrow. Uh, 9 o'clock, I'll, I'll be suited up. I'll have my tie on. Boy, it'll be hot, but I'm going to wear my tie and look professional and uh, then be ready to go on uh, Thursday. we got Joe Girardi at 1235 on uh, Thursday. And remember, we have the high school football show on uh, Thursday night, 9 to 11. But right now, once again, we're going to head out 
to our SDCCU uh, fan hotline. We're joined by a good friend and does a marvelous job as a national columnist for Bleacher Report. Scott Miller joins me on 97.3 The Fan. Scotty, how are we doing today? Coach, real good. How are you, my friend? Uh, doing well. Uh, before we uh, jump around baseball, I want to talk about this article you wrote on Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, obviously, you're at the ballpark here in San Diego more than the average national writer. And, you know, I, I sit there, uh, Scott, night in, night out, whether I'm watching the game, listening to the game, or sitting at the game, and I giggle how good this kid is right now. Yeah, I I, I can't echo that enough. I mean, I, I just – everybody I talk to, it seems like, around town here, I tell – I just hope people in San Diego realize, and if they don't, I hope they realize it really soon, what a special – player the Padres have in Fernando Tatis Jr. And I don't mean special as in, oh, you know, he could be really great, one of the best Padres. I mean, this guy could be a generational type of player. I mean, the way what he's doing, um, you know, I mean, you can't really compare people to Mike Trout, but he is up there in the scale. And I've been watching baseball three decades, covering covering baseball three decades, watching longer. And this Fernando Tetis Jr. is as good a young phenom as I have ever seen. And I know I'm not alone in that. I mean, in the story you mentioned, uh, Peter Gammons, unsolicited, talking to him at the All-Star Game in Cleveland, told me he's the most energetic, exciting young player he's seen since Ken Griffey Jr. was young, a rookie in like the late 1980s. Um, It's every single night he does something that makes you just do a double take on the field. And and he did it again last night twice. I mean, he leaped to get the one ball, a double play while sitting on his rear end uh, after scrambling to get to another ball. It's just, again, I mean, this kind of player does not come along, especially for your hometown team, but once in a lifetime and, you know, we had it years ago with Tony Gwynn with the way he was an artist with the bat. And people in San Diego that like baseball or like sports uh, go out of your way to see Fernando Tatis Jr. and the Padres because it's a special thing at the ballpark every single night. Scott Miller, a national columnist for Bleacher Report, joining us on the SDCCU uh, fan hotline. I, I thought it was great that uh, you did a little digging on the sugarcane shop, and we know that it's from the workers, the field workers there uh, in the Dominican Republic. But also, during the Winter League, the guy that actually got it started is the former Chicago Cub, uh, Junior Lake. He started it during winter ball, and, and Fernando brought it to the big leagues, and it's become a big thing now. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it, the Padres do it all the time. Anybody that watches them on TV see it. I would imagine it's starting to be done around uh, little league fields around town. Uh, I can't say I've been out to a little league game recently, but like Eric Hosmer told me in the piece, he said, you know, people in San Diego are really lucky to have Fernando Tatis Jr. And Hosmer said, I imagine a lot of this stuff he does, you're going to be seeing people around town doing. And, uh, um, yeah, the, the sugar cane shop, you can imagine, uh, <laughs> you know, even adults at the end of the workday looking at each other, doing it on their way out of the office to each other, right? I mean, it's fun, it's energetic, and it's, it's uh, 
you know, it just brings a smile to your face. Well, I can tell you my uh, four-year-old granddaughter does it all the time. She absolutely loves Fernando Tatis Jr. Hey, uh-huh. I, I thought it was uh-huh. interesting, uh, uh, a couple of things uh, about the uh, the tightness between he and his mom and dad. I mean, his dad managed him during winter ball, but uh, he got great affection for his mom because a lot of those years uh, his dad was involved in professional baseball and, and mom was around the house all the time. Yeah, that's the thing. And, uh, you know, it was mom that sometimes would take him to the toy store. And I talked to his mom, and, you know, she said he always wanted a bat or a ball. And I I laughed. I said, what about, did he ever want anything non-baseball related or non-sports related? Or what did you try to steer him toward? And she laughed. She said, you know, the closest he ever came to getting anything at the toy store, non-baseball or non-sports, he said was – you know, Legos or uh, something like that. He said, but she she said, but then she said, usually he'd he'd end up veering away and want to go back to get a ball or a bat. And um, yeah, one thing I didn't realize, I think people that watch the Padres a lot notice. You know, quite often you'll see a little flash of pink somewhere on Fernando Tatis in his uniform. Uh, you know, sometimes he'll have sunglasses during day games with pink frames. Um, he's got little accents of pink sometimes on his spikes, the little tab on the back or underneath. Um, sometimes they'll wear pink wristbands. And, um, you know, one thing I didn't realize until, you know, like you said, did a little bit of digging and talking to him. Um, it's a, we usually, when he wears a pink, basically what that is, is it's a tribute to his mom. It's a shout out to her. And like he said, you know, he, he's got his dad's name across the back of his Jersey, Tatis Jr., uh, but mom did so much for him growing up. He said that, uh, you know, I'll wear a little pink on the field. He said that's kind of his his quiet uh, shout out to his mother if she's in the stands or watching on TV. That's just like a real quiet, subtle, hey, I love you, mom. Scott Miller uh, joining us from uh, Bleacher Report, joining us on the SDCCU uh, fan hotline, talking about an article Scotty uh, wrote yesterday on Fernando Tatis uh, Jr. Talk a little bit about what you found out from his dad, because his dad managed him on that championship team over the winter. And uh, you guys talked a lot in the article uh, about how the, the father is really on the same page with the Padres. Yeah, in fact, uh, uh, yeah, in, in, in because... Also, what I found interesting, I mean, okay, so Tatis Jr., he just turned 20 in January. But so last year, when his double uh, A season ended early with a fractured thumb, he's on the shelf the last couple months of the year. So now it comes the decision, um, you know, where is he going to play? Is he going to play winter ball? There was talk about is he going to play in the Arizona Fall League for the Padres or winter ball? Well, because of where he's from in the Dominican and his dad managing the Estrellas team, um, you know, he wanted to play winter ball. And so it, it, he, he kind of, the Padres obviously also wanted to make sure his hand was healed. Okay. So Tatis Jr. Goes to the Padres, uh, you know, when this decision is being made about a year ago. And not only does he tell the Padres, Hey, my thumb is healed and I am playing ball this winter. You're not going to make me sit around and wait. Yeah, I'm ready to go. He also said, I want to play in the Dominican. You know, he didn't want to play in the Arizona Fall League. Well, as A.J. Preller told me, uh, those were real easy conversations because we understand how much the Dominican Winter League means to him because of his he's a native down there, but also his father managing the team. And that's where A.J. said it. those were real easy conversations because we completely trusted 
him in his father's hands. Obviously, the organization knows Fernando Sr., and they sent, you know, A.J. went down to winter ball. He sent emissaries down a few times, too, like Sam Ganey, um, some of the other Padre front office people, and they would have regular check-ins with Fernando Sr. to make sure that Junior you know, was on the right program, doing what he was supposed to do, wasn't overdoing it because they wanted him ready for spring training. And, um, you know, so that's kind of how that all played out. And the other thing I found interesting, which also makes sense, Coach, I mean, you, you can imagine this. Um, I think the Winter League and the Dominican, and I know the Padres think this too, really helped spur Fernando's development. Um, I mean, he all by last winter, he was – destined for greatness anyway but the fact that he was playing and he played on his winter league team for his father that broke their own version of a curse they won the championship for the first time in 51 years so it was really (laughs) meaningful and like fernando said every game in the winter was almost like game seven of the world series for me so he wasn't just playing winter ball he was locked in focused you know, playing for a championship, playing for his own version of history down there, 51 year curse. So that can't help but spur your development when every game's like game seven of the World Series and you're locked in and you're focused at a high level on every single pitch. You know, he sharpened his strike zone. He's, you know, even more than at the plate, you know, instead of fishing. Uh, swinging at balls out of the strike zone more and more. He locked that in as well as other things. Scotty, I I could go on and on. I wanted to get into talking about his volleyball and basketball if he wasn't going to be a baseball player. And I know he's a great uh, math student, was always on the honor roll. But I want to get you out of here on this one. I mean, Pete Alonso's had an incredible year. He's got two big things, well, maybe three big things going for him right now. Number one, he's in the number one media market in the world. He's a power hitter, and everybody's in love with home runs. And number three, the Mets are making a wild card push right now. Does Tatis Jr. have any chance at all of overtaking Alonzo and winning the NL Rookie of the Year? Because he's by far the better all-around player. Yeah, and he plays a premier position, shortstop, versus you know Alonzo, first base. I mean, you know, obviously nothing against first base, but um, you know, come on, shortstop is is right in the heart of the, of the action in the middle of the diamond. Um, He's got a chance to overtake him. I do think so. I mean, he's got ground to make up because of the reasons you mentioned. Uh, Lonzo won the home run derby. He plays in New York, and the Mets are winning. All that stuff is true. And I think Alonzo, in most people's mind, has has been the leading candidate for NL Rookie of the Year most of the year. Um, you know, I said this. I was on uh, you know the, the, the pregame show uh, with the boys on Fox Sports San Diego yesterday, and, and one thing I, I made a point there uh, – that I really believe, and that is, it, strange as it might sound, to me yesterday was the first day of the Rookie of the Year race in the National League, the serious, serious race. And the reason I say that is because um, after missing his five weeks with the hamstring pull earlier in the year, um, yesterday was the first day that Tatis had enough plate appearances to qualify for the leaders. So he, you find him now in the National League leaderboards. You know, he's fifth or sixth in batting average in the National League. So once he starts appearing on the leaderboards, as he did yesterday, 
that's going to put him back into the people's minds. It's going to put him into the conversations when the guys who vote, guys and gals who vote on the Rookie of the Year award, uh, when they sit down to break things down, when a, there's a big difference, believe me, when, a, when Tatis Jr. is in the leaderboards versus if he's not. If he's not, it's easy to say, well, look, this guy's great, but he doesn't even have enough at-bats or plate appearances to qualify. Uh, and they had the uh, the brand-new uh, San Jose football media guide out. I said, Coach has to have one of these. He has <laughs> to have one of these. So uh, I was very, very glad to be able to bring it to you. Oh, that's great. Well, hopefully uh, tonight uh, this ball game's not going to be three hours and 47 minutes like it was last night. Just a, another rough night for that Padre bullpen. Yeah, and, and you know, when you got to go to Ian Kinsler in the ninth inning, right? So uh, oh. I'm doing my best to avoid eye contact with Andy Green today. I don't want to... I don't want him to get any crazy ideas that maybe I'll have some eligibility left. I mean, this this bullpen right now is an, it's gone from being a strength of this team and this organization to basically something that's in shambles right now. I know you've given the stats out throughout the day. They can't get anybody out, and I don't really know where they can go because they've tried just about everybody, and everybody's struggling right now. And uh, I, I really, the only thing they can do is hope that they can get a you know good starting pitching performance out of Eric Lauer, and uh, and give him a little chance to go a little deeper into the game tonight. You know, starting to look, uh, Chris, for 2020. I was saying uh, yesterday on the the program. I think Cal Quantrill, and we're going to see him tomorrow in the afternoon game. He's really put himself on the map. I think to be a starter next year. I think to Nelson Lamette as he continues to to build innings and build confidence and chip some of that rust off of being inactive for 12 months. Uh, he's in the mix, and then of course Chris Paddock. Aside from that, uh, I think it's pretty much up for grabs. Yeah, I think Garrett Richards is a name you can throw in there, but we don't, really don't know how good he's going to be when he comes back from his Tommy John surgery, and he had the setback, of course. But by next season, he should be healthy, whether or not he's healthy enough to begin the season in the rotation and, and, and give you something every five days. That's obviously to be determined. Uh, I think Joey Lucchese has to be considered, although he's got to be more consistent with his command. I mean, too many pitches last night. Once again, I mean, you know, part of the reason that these Padre pitchers come out of the game so early, I think, is A, because it's the organizational, you know, plan to protect these guys and get them out of the games early. But the other reason is that they just they throw too many pitches. They waste too many pitches. They they don't really know how to finish batters off, and so they wind up throwing, you know, 10, 15 extra pitches throughout the course of the first four or five innings, and that's what gets them into trouble. And I think uh, one of the, the issues with Joey right now, and I, I like Lucchese, and, and I think, you know, he's struggling a little bit since the All-Star break, uh, but the big problem he's having, his velocity's really gone down. He was throwing 91-92. He's down 89-90 right now, and, and I don't know if fatigue set in or he's hiding some kind of injury. Well, just, uh, you know what? You know what I'm going to say about uh, the radar gun. Right. 91-92, 89-90, it's all plenty fast enough if you can locate it and you can mix spe- uh, mix speeds and mix your pitches and pitch in and out and up and down, use the whole strike zone, keep guys off balance. Uh, he's got plenty of stuff to get guys out. But I think in general, you know, you talked about the three-hour and 47-minute game last night. I just think in general right now, there's not enough guys in Major League Baseball who really, truly know how to pitch anymore, Coach. They know how to throw hard, but that doesn't mean they know how to pitch and get guys out, and I think that's one of the biggest reasons why these games are taking so long. Hey, real quick, i got about uh, 45 seconds. What do you got coming up today? 
Well, uh, Tony and I are sitting out at the stadium here. We've got uh, Matt Duffy from the Tampa Bay Rays will be on the program, former San Francisco Giant. Can you tell our producer, Matt Scraby, is a Giant fan? Because <laughs> he, he went down the Tampa Bay roster, and he goes, hey, Matt Duffy used to play for the Giants. Let's get him on the show. Hey, Coach, how you doing today? Uh, good, Tony. I'll see you Here's guys. Tony. I'm on my way down. Chris, thanks. All right, we'll see you in see a little guys. while. See you in a little bit. All right, the Will Galvez, a great job. We got Gwen and Chris coming up. A reminder, I'll be off uh, tomorrow. We got Padre Baseball at 1240. I'll be back in Thursday. Our special guest Thursday will be former Major League Manager Joe Girardi. Have a great afternoon, everyone. Bye-bye. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.